This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Brothers and sisters, sorry for the delay. I had a little bit of a problem with the camera. Uh, welcome back. And today we're continuing from where we left off. Last week, we left off at the point where Adam and Hawa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told them to enter paradise. Now, a question arises. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he was going to place on this earth a khalifa, which means a creature that will reproduce and take over after each other, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put Adam in paradise? He is meant to be on earth. Didn't he say to the angels, Inni ja'alun fil ardi khalifa. I am going to make on the earth a khalifa. And then suddenly, Allah says, وَيَا آدَمُ أُسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَزَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةِ After all the prostration and Iblis does all his thing, Allah says, O oh Adam, you and your wife, you and your partner, you and your other half, whatever you want to call it, Zawj, your wife, enter paradise and live in it. Why not on earth? And there are many reasons the scholars have mentioned. Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just and fair. One of his names and attributes is Al-Adl. And also he is Rahim, merciful, kind, compassionate. He's called Ar-Rabb. And Ar-Rabb means the nurturer, the carer, the one who teaches. Before he placed him on earth, he wanted him to go in the highest place. Why? Because he and his wife have done nothing. To give Allah a reason to put them on earth. In other words, if you are pure, you deserve to be in high pure state. Iblis was pure and he was where? With the angels. When he disobeyed Allah and he became arrogant against Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you are an outcast, get out of it. And in another ayah, Allah says, minha get out of it, you are an outcast. Another one, minha. get out of it. Go down away from it. You will never come back because he's no longer pure. So in other words, pure people go into higher places. Adam, however, placed in paradise because they were pure. No sin, nothing had been done. Therefore, they deserve to be there because Allah is just. You are placed where you deserve. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to do this as a pathway to teach the human beings a lesson about themselves. And that is, the human being is weak. The human being sins. He wants to introduce to the human being their enemy, which is the Iblis, the Shaytan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to teach us about what we're like. And also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put him in paradise for a temporary time. There was a time that they had to go down. And by when the time comes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, when the time comes, I'll place you on earth. When the time comes, I'll place you on earth. 
So there was a plan and a plot from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a good way, and there are many lessons, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the full wisdoms about it. But he put him in paradise for us to learn something enormous. And Adam and Hawa knew they're not meant to stay in paradise forever. They knew that they were supposed to come down to earth, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them the privilege of going to Jannah first. The second question is, how did Iblis enter paradise to whisper to them? Is Iblis allowed to enter paradise? The ulama spoke many things about it. We don't have the full answer to it because it's not very important for us to know. But what the ulama did say is, the Iblis did a whisper to Adam and Hawa in a way that we don't understand. Allah said in the Quran, Inna The shaitan can travel in the veins of the human being like the way blood flows in them. How? We don't know. But the shaitan whispered to Adam and Hawa in a way. Some ulama said he whispered from a distance. He used to yell. Others, they say, he was allowed to enter paradise, but he entered it as a hum in, a, in humiliation. Like, a, like a, a, um, an unwanted homeless person. I'm not talking about homeless people who, are, um, uh, who have misfortune. We're talking about somebody who is not allowed to be there, is not welcome. And if he enters, he enters humiliated. So Iblis entered paradise, but humiliated. He's not meant to be there, but he's there like a dhalil, a humiliated being. And other ulama said it was not the paradise that we are promised to go to now. It was a different garden. Because Jannah means garden. Paradise means Firdaus. Firdaus, the word paradise comes from the word Firdaus. And we all know what Firdaus is. It's the highest garden. So some ulama say the garden that Adam and Hawa entered is not the same garden that Allah is promising the believers to go into. And they have a good valid point and I rest on that opinion. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that, who, that whoever enters it in the Quran, it is forever. Nobody gets out of Jannah. And the Prophet ﷺ also said in the hadith, which is, which is authentic, he said, May yakh, uh, um, uh, Whoever enters it, man whoever enters it, another hadith he says, fiha wa la yamut. He or she will enter it and stay in there for eternity and will never die. And they will never be taken out. So the uh, shaitan, the Jannah that it was in, possibly was not the, the Jannah that we are promised. Other ulama said it is. But later on, when people enter paradise on the Day of Judgment, they will not be taken out after an angel will bring a black sheep and he will say to the people of heaven, people of hellfire, look, this is death. And he kills the sheep and he says, oh, people of paradise, eternity, you will never get out or die. People of hellfire, eternity, you will never get out or die. So ulama have different evidences to say, but I rest on the opinion that it was a different Jannah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put Adam and Hawa in. And Iblis was able to whisper to Adam and Hawa, in there because he's not allowed to enter the ultimate paradise to be rewarded with it. Just entering it is enough. There's a hadith of Prophet which is a Bukhari and Muslim. It says that on a day of judgment, Allah will bring one person and he will make him enter paradise. As soon as he enters it, in that first second, he says, I forgot, I cannot remember any hardship that I've ever gone through in the former life. So for Iblis to enter even for a second is a pleasure. So it's not the real Jannah and Allah subhanahu wa It's a different type of Jannah. And in Jannah, you're not forbidden from anything. Yet Allah forbid Adam from the tree. Jannah, there are no more tests or worship. Yet Allah ordered Adam to worship and obey in a certain way. Therefore, I rest on that opinion. Wallahu a'lam. My brothers and sisters in Islam, as soon as Adam and Hawa entered paradise, the Quran indicates that there was something hidden about them. Something very special and that is the awrah. What is the awrah? 
The aura are the human being's private parts, the front and the back private parts. And there was something that covered it. Some ulama make tafsir that it is light that was covering it. You can't see it. Obviously, Adam and Hawa were husband and wife, and they obviously became intimate. But when they were not intimate, there was a covering of light for their aura. Also, they did not need to urinate or defecate. They didn't need to go to the toilet. Therefore, the channels and the openings for urine and defecation were closed. There, there wasn't any of that in paradise. Why am I saying this? You're going to find out soon why. The aura is covered because it is the modesty and intrinsic, uh, instinctive, uh, natural thing of human beings that they normally, without being taught, they have to have shyness and we have modesty. When the aura is revealed and there is no more shyness, there is no more modesty among people, then the sins and the diseases increase. Listen to this beautiful hadith of the Prophet which is in Bukhari and Muslim. He said that, I'm sorry, the hadith is in uh, partly in Muslim and also narrated in Tirmidhi. He said, there will come a time, there will come a time where people will commit adultery in public, on streets, so that people become so normalized to it that a person passing by would merely say, at least you couple could have gone around the corner away from people's eyes. And that's all that will be said. Meaning it's so normal. It's a normal act, but just move a little bit to the side. In another hadith, uh, also in Tirmidhi, Rasulullah tells us that there will come a time when nations will start normalizing immodesty, fahisha, until they start to talk about it and spread it and give ideas to each other about it, and everybody becomes immune to it or desensitized to it. And when that happens, the Prophet said, Diseases will start to increase. You will see diseases, fasha fihim, al-waba, diseases, and awja' and pains that never existed before. That never existed before. We hear today about lots of STDs that medicine has never known before. And also terminal illnesses that are a result from illegal sexual interaction, illegal meaning haram sexual interaction. There's lots of studies about it, we don't have time to go through it inshallah, but I did do a talk in Perth, inshallah it'll be out soon, about the state that we are in today. And there's, I say a lot about these uh, diseases the Prophet spoke about and why they are happening, and also scientific studies about it. My brothers and sisters in Islam, when the aura is covered, it means there is shame and modesty. And Adam and Hawa entered paradise with the aura covered. Now the shaitan, Iblis, wants to delude them. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to Adam and Hawa? He said, وَكُلَا مِنْهَا حَيْثُ شِئْتُمَا رَغَدًا Oh Adam and Hawa, eat from the fruits of this garden and from all of its food. رَغَدًا Anywhere you like, as much as you like. From anywhere you like, enjoy it. But then Allah says, وَلَا تَقْرَبَ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةَ فَتَكُونَ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ do not approach this tree, otherwise 
you will become among those who wrong themselves. Allah did not say, I will be angry at you. Allah did not say, I will outcast you. Allah did not say, you will be among the arrogant or the disobedient. He said, you will be those who wrong yourself. You're going to do, like if you come close to this tree, something's going to happen to yourselves that you cause to yourselves, not good. What is it? Now, Allah didn't say anything special about this tree. You know, Allah says, and do not come close to uh, When you say it's like it's an insignificant thing. There's no importance to it. There's no importance to this tree. It's so unimportant that we don't even know what kind of a tree it is because we, who cares? It's not about the tree. It's not about its fruit. It's about the command of Allah. Just like it was about the command of Allah to Iblis to do what? Put his head down to Adam. He says, don't come near that tree. It was any tree. Can you imagine there are trees you can't count? Yani there are trillions of trees in Jannah. And he chose one tree. One. And it was just any tree. Don't, it's like saying, you know, like this is all your land. Enjoy it. But let me see. I'm going to choose one tree not to sit under. Which one? Uh, I'll just choose anyone. Just that one. Nothing special. Because it's about the test and the obedience, not about the tree. Now, the human being and the way Allah created the human being, we have something called curiosity. We are so curious in our nature. And there's something else about us. If you forbid us, if we're forbidden from something, we want it. If we're allowed to have something, we get bored of it. That's the nature of the human. It's part of the test. If you are forbidden from something, your desire for it increases, doesn't it? Doesn't it? And it's ironic that whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes haram, we want that haram. There's nothing special about that haram. Actually, it's going to be very bad for you, and really it is. But subhanAllah, the curiosity of the human being is such that there must be a secret. There must be a reason why I can't have it. You know? And then our imagination goes wild. I give you four boxes and each one's got a lock on it. And I take the lock off three of them. And I say to you guys, you trust me, so I would trust you in every way. I say, listen, these boxes are empty. And the one with the lock is also empty. There's nothing in it. And I go away. What's your curiosity going to tell you? Which one's the most special box? The one with the lock. I mean, just think about it in this humorous way. Have you been in buildings? And then next to the elevator, you see the red button. Ever, ever seen red buttons? In the elevator, red button, the fire hydrant, red button, and glass over it. What does your mind tell you? When you were a child, what do you want to do? You want to press the red button. <laughs> There's nothing about the red button. It's chaos. But you have to press the because. Why? Because you're not allowed. That's all. <laughs> not allowed. I want to do. I want to do what's not allowed. I'm a rebel. I'm cool. I can do stuff that. Brothers, this is why some people they swear and they're obnoxious and they think it's cool because they think that I'm courageous. I'm brave. I'm bold. Other people won't do it. It's not about that. 
You're not courageous or bold to do something haram. Anyone can do it. It's stupid. But that's the nature of the human being. So Adam and Hawa couldn't eat from the tree. Now, Iblis knows because he had traveled through Adam's body. He traveled through his body. And as the Prophet said, he travels through us. And Allah tells us he makes us swear. So Iblis knows. And Iblis is a, is, he's, he's a genius. I mean, he, he's lived for hundreds of years and seen what happened to creatures before. He knows everything about these, the human being and the jinns. He knows. And he knows we have this thing called curiosity. So what does he start to do? He starts to pick and, uh, and, and provoke the curiosity of Adam and Hawa. That's all he did. He doesn't have to do anything. Just whisper it. Just give you ideas. That's why be careful what kind of a friend you have. Your friend can lead you into a good way or a bad way. The shaitan whispers. He started whispering to them. What's the first thing he said? Um, ah. It says that he left them for a while, like maybe years. Some ulama say tafsir, in the tafsir, 40 years before he even whispered to them. After 40 years of enjoying, man forgets a little bit. He forgets. So the shaitan comes up and says, ah, the tree. See, they've been eating from all the trees. They've been doing everything in Jannah. But till this point, the tree. So the first thing the shaitan did was he used their innocence. What was their innocence? They believe anything. Because they don't know what lying is. And if somebody swears oath, says, Wallahi, they have to believe. Who swears by Allah's name? Brother, can someone switch on the lights for us? Just on these sides. So he says, Allah did not forbid you from that tree for any other reason. Because he knows that if you eat from that tree, you're going to become angels, both of you. Or you'll be able to live for eternity. Why is he saying eternity? Because Adam and Hawa know that they were not meant to be in Jannah for eternity. They know at any time they'll get out. Because they're meant to be on earth. Adam knows this. He knows they're there temporarily. It's a privilege from Allah. It's just a gift from Allah. Will they be grateful to that privilege? Iblis said, I'm going to whisper to them, God, and show you that they are not grateful for the privileges you give them. So Allah says, okay. And I'll use that as a reason. And it's all part of the plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we said to Adam and Hawa, you're going to be angels. Why angels? Because they saw the angels. They know the angels are something remarkable. In the hadith it says that they are made out of light. The hadith is in Bukhari. And they want to be that. We always want to be something higher. We want to fly. So we'll do anything for it, isn't it? It's exactly what the shaitan is. It promises you imaginary, wishful thinking. He kept Adam. Kept Adam. First of all, he whispered to Adam. Adam, 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 Adam. Because he's responsible. The man is responsible. He's the leader of the house. It's on his shoulder. He's responsible to lead the family, protect them. He protects them not only from worldly harm, but also he protects them from, their, from harm in their deen, in their religion, in their well-being. And the wife supports her. She's like the internal affairs, he's the external affairs. They help each other, they support each other in that. Adam kept on getting these whispers and he said, Wallahi wa The shaitan says, I swear by Allah that he only did this because of that. He kept whispering and whispering and whispering until finally Adam got manipulated somehow. And uh, Hawa, she remembered better than Adam 
But she decided not to remind Adam, not to help Adam stop eating from the tree. She just went along. He's the husband of just following. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, if it wasn't for Hawa, no wife, no female would betray her husband. What does it mean betray? It doesn't mean betray as in go and stop Allah, do haram. Betraying means that she has a responsibility to help her husband as well. That if he's doing the wrong and she knows that, to advise him. But if she knows he's doing the wrong and just goes along, it's a betrayal. The husband can do that to the wife too. When you're entrusted to advise one another, then it's a betrayal not to advise. It's a betrayal not to warn. It's a betrayal not to remind. So Rasulullah said it was inherited. And Hawa went along. And Iblis started whispering to Hawa too. So they both went to the tree and listened to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. He said, They didn't even eat from it. They tasted it. They just tasted it. Both of them. Both of them tasted the tree from the tree. The first thing that happened, what I told you about before, their aura was revealed. The light that was covering their private parts was gone. You're thinking, what, what's that got to do with going? Listen to these, at least two important reasons. Number one, disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means that you have gone lesser in your value and rank. What is attached to devaluation? Demodesty. Lack of shame. Now they, they had shame. But there's a correlation, a connection between disobedience and your shame going less. The shaitan comes and tells you, you don't have to go out with her or him. Just talk. You talk, at the same time, that bit of shame that was preventing you gets cut down a little bit. Isn't that right? You've been talking. Why not shake her hand? You know, shake each other. Hand, touch. Nothing wrong with that. Shake the hand. Now there's touching. Bit of a hug. The shame goes down a little bit more. You're getting used to it. Isn't that right? And so on and so on and so on until what? The clothes are off. Pornography, same thing, slowly desensitized until it becomes very normal. What happens? Nudity becomes normal. There's a connection between disobedience and lack of modesty. And repentance and the modesty become more shy. Some people, they tell me, they go, when, I, when we converted to Islam, subhanAllah, we found a surge of Iman which gave us shyness. We're shy of things that we used to do so normal. Now we're, we're embarrassed. It's the Iman. Disobedience does that. My brothers and sisters, the way out of it is to repent and to continue to do good deeds because it washes it away. But if you stay where you are, you'll just get worse. So, their aura was revealed as a result. And the second reason why their aura was revealed was, this is very interesting. Remember when we said there's no urination or defecation in Jannah? Urination, defecation, you don't need to go to the toilet for number one and number two. That tree, Allah placed in it a harm, an impurity. Why? Anything, keep this as a principle, brothers and sisters, for the rest of your lives. Anything that Allah forbids, it must be impure for you. 
It has to be. Or part of it isn't pure. For example, alcohol and pork. Why did Allah forbid alcohol and pork? Because Allah says they are najas, they are impure, they are dirty for your body, for your digestive system, for your circularity system, for your heart, for your cardiac system, for your renal system, for your digest everything about you, for your bloodstreams. It's not good for you. It's impure. Your body can't fight it off. And he said there is some good in alcohol, but its harm outweighs its good. So I'm going to forbid it out of mercy to you because I don't want harm to you, to your minds and to your body. I'll even add, brothers and sisters, do you know those V drinks? There's new studies now saying they're causing heart attacks in children. In children. Yani what I'm saying is, things that harm you are impure. And things that Allah has forbidden, they have to be impure. And the example of this is the tree. Allah made an, a substance that is impure for them. Because of that impurity, what does the body do when you eat food that has some impurity in it? Like, I mean, let's think of halal food. Is it entirely 100% pure for you? No, it's degrade. It, it, it degrades, doesn't it? Biodegradable food is good food for us here because it naturally turns into something else. But what we take is the good stuff from the food and the rest of it, what does it turn into? Urine and defecation because it's not good for your body. So although most of the food is good for you, which is halal, there's part of it which is going to be impure, but alhamdulillah your body can't get rid of it. Therefore, it's halal. But the, the food or drink that is too impure for you, your body's not going to get rid of all the harm from it, your immune system. Therefore, it's haram. That tree had a bit of impurity in it, and that impurity causes the body to recognize it. It will not accept it. So what will it do? Urinate and defecate. Therefore, a new channel in their private parts was opened up in order to urinate and to defecate the impurities of the tree. In Jannah, there are no impurities. There's no urination. There's no defecation. So they're not allowed to stay in it anymore. They have to now go down the rank. Why do they have to go down the rank? Well, number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan was so. And this was just a privilege. They couldn't respect or, or uphold that privilege. Secondly, the state of the human being in the way that they are, they can't belong in Jannah. They have to come down here and learn. Because they're going to keep stuffing up in Jannah. So they have to go down and learn and then earn their place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not get angry at Adam and Hawa. I know some ulama, traditional ulama, they say, oh, Allah got angry. No. There is nothing in the Quran or Sunnah that tells us, as far as I know, that we can rely on, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he got angry at Adam and Hawa. We find that everything he said to them when they ate from the tree, he said, subhanAllah, and he said, uh, not subhanAllah, he said, Zalaman. They, they wronged themselves. The shaitan wronged them. The, the shaitan tricked them. And then Allah says, like, 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 the, like the way a father or a mother speaks to their child, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, glory be to him, to him to belong to the greatest of examples. He said, Don't you remember I told you that the shaitan is a clear enemy to you? Didn't I tell you? Don't listen to him. He will lead you astray. Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to them, minha said, all of you, you and your wife, and who? Your progeny. Adam carries the DNA for us. And Hawa carries the eggs for us, right? We're going to be born from them. 
Jami'an means all the human beings. You and whatever you are carrying of your children that are going to be born, those billions and trillions of people are going to be born, all of you get out of it. Otherwise, you would have been born in paradise, in Jannah. So, Now, ahbitu means go down. Minha means out of it. But that language means you will go back into it. You will go back into it. So, temporarily. And then Allah says, uh, you will live on earth in the earth you will live and die and in the earth you will have to strive for your own living and in the earth you will have to make make your own food and struggle for your own food but I will give you all the resources that you need and Allah then said something beautiful he said I'm not going to leave you alone any guidance that I bring to you to guide you in that strange earth then whoever follows my guidance they will never go astray and they will never be in misery and there are other verses that say you will never go astray you will never lose your way uh, uh, you will not be in misery uh, will, will not fear nor will they be scared so you follow Allah's guidance in another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّكَ بِأَعْيُنِنَا You will be under our watchfulness. Under our eyes. You, I will be watching over you. I'm not going to leave you alone. So it's not, the language is not someone who's angry. It's not the language of somebody who is, uh, you know, punishing. Putting us on earth is not a punishment. It's not an anger from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The anger, we see the language with Iblis when he says, you're an outcast in the Karajim, you will never come back. Fakhruj minha, get out of it, you will never come back. That's anger. My curse upon you. La'na means you are exiled from my mercy. You're not allowed to have my mercy. That's anger. But this language, I'll look after you. My brothers and sisters in Islam, so... In the Quran, it says that when the aura was revealed, Allah says something, it's, uh, subhanAllah, interesting. It says, Adam and Hawa started to immediately grab the leaves, big leaves from trees and covering themselves with it. Why? They felt extremely embarrassed and shy. Even though they're husband and wife, and there's no one else around except animals of Jannah, there is Allah and the angels and they were shy in front of Allah, in front of the angels. And the reason they were shy doubled is because the only reason they were now naked was because of an action they did. So they were extremely shy. And my brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. If you feel like that, then I give you good news that you have Iman. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-Hayā'u Modesty and shyness is part of Iman. Please don't misunderstand shy. Uh, in Arabic, when you say haya, it's an honorable self-respect type of shy. It's not the type of shy where you go, what's your name? And you go, <laughs> and you don't want to say your name. Not that type of shy. Speak up. And you don't want to speak up. Not that type of shy. You have to speak the truth in front and be courageous and confident, inshallah, and build your personality. Islam encourages you to do that. But being modest means you have self-respect. Have self-respect. Your clothing, your hijab, the way you talk to each other, the way you meet, twin, 
man and woman, how you talk to each other, not to seclude alone with a stranger man and woman together, to respect the other, the other gender, and the other men and women respect each other and their privacy and so on and so forth. All of this is part of Hayat. Brothers and sisters in Islam, Adam and Hawa therefore now ended up on earth and so did Iblis. He was with them off from the heavens into the earth. A beautiful uh, ayah in the Quran appears now. Allah says, Adam learned words from his Lord before. And these words were words of praise and repentance. Allah explains in the Quran, Adam and Hawa both said when they were on earth, Rabbana, ظلمنا أنفسنا, oh our Lord. And when you say Rabb, you know, when you do a mistake and you want Allah to forgive you and you want your life to be better, start with saying Rabbi. Rabbi means, oh my carer, my nurturer, the one who created me. You can also say Rabb to father and mother. They're also Rabb, Rabb al-Bayt, Rabb, Rabb of the house, Rabb. But Allah is the Lord of lords. Rabbana, oh our Lord, ظلمنا أنفسنا. We have dishonored ourselves, we have wronged ourselves. It's only from us. You warned us, but we didn't listen. And if you don't forgive us, and also have mercy on us, we are going to be one of the biggest losers. We'll lose everything. It's the biggest disaster. means cover our sin. Just cover it up. Don't let it show anymore. And that's not enough. We want your rahmah. Mercy means when you wrong someone and they have the power to punish you, but they let you go. That's when mercy applies. All of us here can say, I'm merciful, I'm kind, but put you to the test. Let's see if you do have mercy when someone takes your right and you have the ability to punish them. What will you do? They say to you, forgive me, have mercy on me. Then will you forgive them? Will you have mercy on them? You don't let people step on you all over you, obviously. Some people you get your right from. But I'm talking, let's say family members. Let's say your wife, your husband, your children, your family member wrongs you in some way. Never talk to them for the next 10 years. Cut them off from your whatever inheritance and I don't know what. Have rahmah, have mercy. There are things you can let go and things you need to talk about and things that you can't let go of and that is things that would anger Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers and sisters, there is rahmah. Rahmah, we have rahmah. Rahmah, mercy. Forgiving one another, letting go of things, right? So my brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and so Allah forgave them. And he let them come close to him. The word tawbah means to repent, but it also means to return. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at you and, you and you want to return back to Allah, you sit down and say, Oh Allah, I've done this mistake and I've done that and I've wronged myself. And you admit your mistake to him. And then you say, Oh Allah, take me back. Allah says, Yatubu alaykum. Yatubu alaykum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then creates a closeness for you. He brings you close. And this is one of the signs of repentance, brothers and sisters. What is it? Allah says, Allah 
زادتهم إيمانا وعلى ربهم يتوكلون. Who are the believers? Allah says, as a matter of fact, the believers, the mu'minun, are those who, when Allah is mentioned in front of them, when Allah is mentioned in front of them, their hearts become fearful. They remember their shortcomings. Then what do they do? They don't run away. They turn to Allah. And when his verses are recited upon them, their iman increases. And upon their Lord, they rely. The sign of your repentance being accepted is a feeling of an increase of iman. And that feeling is a closeness to Allah. And you feel safety. You feel good. That's the sign of repentance. So there was an intimate, beautiful relation between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Adam and Hawa when they repented. That is when you get close to Allah. And Allah gets close to you and the love starts to increase with, with repentance. And tawbah And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, The young person who repents all the time is the beloved of Allah. Anyone who's under 40, from puberty to 40, is a shab in the Arabic language. And if you constantly repent to Allah, you become Habibullah, the beloved of Allah, because your desires are high. My brothers and sisters in Islam, and so they lived on earth, knowing the consequences of what had happened. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said to Adam, now there's a narration, it's not even authentic, I don't know where it came from, but scholars do mention it, that Adam landed in India, and Hawa landed in Asham, somewhere in Syria, Palestine or Jerusalem. I'm not saying this is authentic, but I'm just telling you, this is in the Bidayah, in the books I told you I get my sources from. And there's no real reference to it, so I'll tell you. He came down in India, she landed in Jerusalem or Sham, and they went looking for each other, and then they found each other at Arafat, the Mount Arafat in, in, in Mecca. And that's why they say it was called Arafat, means the mountain of acquaintance, because Adam and Hawa met each other. It's a nice uh, romantic story, if it was true, but I don't think it's true, and we're not going to base it on that. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the truth to that. However, what is true is this. There is an interesting hadith, which is in Bukhari and Muslim, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, when Allah put Adam on earth, or, or sorry, no, he said, that place near Arafat, there was a place near Arafat, I forgot its name, he said, there Allah took Adam and took out from his loins all the humans that will ever exist till the end of time. And Allah placed them in front of Adam like a dharra, as small as atoms, scattered in front of him. We were actually taken out in a former life before Allah created us in this body from the loins of Adam salam physically. And you can see tiny atoms scattered in front of him in the trillions. Allah says it in the Quran, وَإِذْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let me try and... Uh, Subhanallah. The ayah, which uh, I've forgotten it now, uh, how it's... Anyway, uh, the ayah is talking about when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took his dhurriyah, the offsprings of Adam and placed them in front of him. And what he did was he took all the children of Adam, all of us out, and we were there alive. Allahu alam in what state? Our souls, Allahu alam. And Allah said to all of us, this is in the Quran, فَأَشْهَدَهُمْ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ He made us witness against ourselves, أَلَسْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ Am I not your Lord? 
we all said, Naam, yes, you are our Lord and we believe in you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is so that on the day of judgment, you will not have a reason and say, we did not know. Now, obviously, none of us here remembers that time. It's an authentic hadith, 100%. We don't remember that time. And it's difficult for the mind to imagine that. But I can tell you something that you cannot deny. We all have intuition. Remember that word intuition? Instinct, natural instinctive behaviors and thoughts. No one needs to teach us that. And it's an instinct in every human being to question where did I come from? And to talk about God. And to talk about a higher being and to believe something higher than you is there. This is instinctive. So Allah and the ulama say that we still have this fitrah, this instinct in us that makes us turn to Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought the messengers and the prophets and the Quran and the Bible, the, the ancient books that Allah sent down and so on to teach us and guide us. Adam and Hawa lived on earth. Adam was 60 cubits tall from the elbow to the tip of the finger, which is approximately 40, 45 centimeters. So 60 of those he was tall. Can you imagine a guy walking on earth as tall as the electric pole? And he was about 20 cubits, 20 dhura from the elbow to the finger wide. He was an extremely handsome man. There is, no, there, are, there is no one more beautiful than Adam salam, not even Yusuf salam. And there's no one more beautiful than Hawa because Allah created Adam with his own hands. We don't know, we don't describe, we don't know. We don't say Allah has hands like our hands, we just recite it as it is. Allah says he created, I've created with my hands. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam. The meaning of this is Allah created Adam salam directly and not through reproduction. He was pure, original. So he was the most beautiful being. And Adam had lots and lots and lots of hair. His hair was extremely thick and beautiful. So they lived on earth and Allah says, uh, I have made for you the skins of animals and their fur so that you can wear them on you and cover your awra and have modesty and shame in the Quran he says. And Allah says, وَلِبَاسُ taqwa khair." But the best modesty and covering is the taqwa, your faith that is inside. If you have no faith, then all the outside means nothing. But a mu'min, a believer, covers their self inside. You have strong faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, taqwa. And on the outside, you cover yourselves to complete yourself. So, iman starts here and your hijab completes you. Adam and Hawa. Uh, is it time for Maghrib? I'll just say this inshallah and leave the rest till next week. Adam and Hawa obviously uh, had intercourse and from them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started reproducing and um, causing Hawa to give birth. She started giving birth a lot, a lot, and all colors and both genders, male and female. And she used to give birth to them in twins. This is from the hadiths that I, I read in Al-Bidaw and Nihay by Ibn Kathir. She used to give them in twins. And usually they were boy and girl twins, boy and girl twins, boy and girl twins. Many, many, like rabbits coming out. Why? Uh, Allahu alam, only Allah knows. But scientifically, I think, you know, the original human being was very powerful and strong and their immune system was remarkable and amazing. The size was amazing. And obviously the genetics and the rebirth was amazing. Not like us today. The Prophet ﷺ told us in the Sahih Hadith that uh, Adam was tall like that. And then the human being started to get shorter and shorter and shorter as generations came by. And obviously we got weaker. In those days, brothers and sisters could marry each other. 
but not the twins in order to reproduce. So therefore, I think, this is my opinion, their immune system and their makeup was much stronger in those days than now. As for now, incest is haram. And in fact, you are advised and encouraged in Islam to marry people outside of your family if you can, if there's compatibility. And then came the two main sons, Habib and Qabib. Next week, inshallah, we will continue from the story of Habib and Qabib and the rest of the story of Adam and Hawa. I thank you for listening. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته